Hey guys, welcome to Minefields. My name's Joshua Michael. This guy right here, Colin Ward, is the complete opposite of my mortal enemy. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was I was coming up my stairs a minute ago, uh, coming in with my ice cream, and I was thinking to myself that I would end up running into one of my neighbors because I was also, uh, I was bringing a firearm out of the, out of the, out of the car and up up my stairs and I was like I, I, what, do, what do I say what do I got to talk about if I got to talk about this with somebody that just shows up here and everything and I was like I'm not you know I got like four people in the world I don't like and none of them are here everything's fine so don't worry about any of that you just uh don't want no gangsters breaking into your apartment dissing your fly girl my fly girl yeah I've got J-Lo over here just, she's uh just give him one of these <laughs> What is that, the, uh, the Duff Man gesture, <laughs> gestures? I can't I don't know. It's, it's break, guy. it's, it's a funk dance. How'd you know that was Simpsons? <laughs> I'm not going to say I haven't seen The Simpsons. I just haven't cared <laughs> about The Simpsons since, like, 1990 or something. I don't know. I was Ugh. hoping to get some emails about that. It used to that. be so good. <laughs> Harvard writers, man. You can't beat them. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like you're writing a show from Dartmouth or something. God, that stuff is so annoying. Like, all those yeah, guys just, were like fucking like business majors, and they just ended up fucking writing for National Lampoon and just running with it. Yeah, I like uh, South Park way better. I can understand that. I can understand that. And uh, yeah, there are so many good cartoons though. There really are. I mean, I love the Venture Brothers and Rick and Morty. Yeah, very good shows. I was Venture my, Brothers is my favorite cartoon ever, though. I was sold on Venture Brothers when Brock fucking, like, beat those guys up <laughs> with that guy, his hand stuck in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sold me on Venture Brothers. And then eventually when it was revealed that, like, they die at every episode and they're just, he just keeps oh, cloning them. <laughs> He's, like, not that attached. That, that made me happy. Kind of I mean, it was funny because, uh, yeah, what was that, the season two opener or something, the season three opener? I can't recall. Yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, the Venture Brothers is just one of those things that, like, I'm re-watching Deep Space Nine, and I'm going to watch... i got to watch Cobra Kai. i got to watch season three of Stranger Things. There's so many things I, I want to re-watch rather than starting something I just don't care about. And... Uh, um. The Venture Brothers is one of those things I'm going to watch and rewatch my entire life, and I, I will never be satisfied if I don't have it all on DVD. Yeah, we need that in hard copy, just in case. In case of the solar flare. Anything like <laughs> that, yeah. In the event that the solar flare doesn't fritz out my pissant DVD player and my, my TV. So, we can wrap it all in the Faraday cage, Speak it'll be great. Speaking of uh, Stranger Things, uh, <laughs> explain to your yep. explain to your neighbors when it's three a.m. and you're drunkenly watching uh, Stranger Things the last episode, and they randomly break out into a, uh, a duet of the Neverending Story theme song, and you are uncontrollably singing along. <laughs> dude, that hasn't happened to me. Is that something I can look forward to? Oh, dude, it's in the last episode. That's the only thing I'll ruin for you. But, uh, well, other than the fact that the kid has, like, a... The the kid with the curly hair, I always forget his name with the lisp. Mm -hmm. He wears a Weird Al uh, in 3D shirt, and, like, Weird Al put it on his, <laughs> on his website, and it immediately sold out. <laughs> That's super cool. 
That's how I found that, that, pretty... Ram- that Rambo shirt I posted. Oh, that Rambo shirt was awesome. So, yeah, if you all remember from the uh, famed UHF, the movie <laughs> yeah. UHF, filmed right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, they, uh, yeah, they have, he has that whole sequence in the movie where he's rescuing Michael Richards' <laughs> character, uh, and he's and it's done as a parody of Rambo First Blood Part Two. So Joshua posted a really great looking. Weird Al as Rambo, and it had the big explosion presentation behind him, uh, like on the cover or like on the packaging for original early 1980s G.I. Joe action figures. Yo, Joe, baby. If you recall that. Yo, Joe, by the way. And uh, before they did the Digi, to get the Digi explosion when it was a little bit later in the 80s for whatever yeah. reason. By the way, did you see those toys I sent you? The WWE released that they're doing Ghostbuster-themed uh, ones. Uh, it's John Cena, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, oh, yeah. and uh, Shawn Michaels are all in Ghostbuster gear. And uh, the ghost that they're fighting is a giant, uh, like, transparent purple Undertaker. Translucent. Yeah, translucent yeah. Undertaker with a green, like, slime-glowing uh, championship belt. And they make it look, and this is going to piss me off because they're the elite figure, so they're going to be like $15, $20. They make it look like the Undertaker's figure is like a solid three feet taller than the actual, if they're to scale than the rest. If mm. it's not, I'm going to be fucking pissed, but I'm still going to fucking buy it. And uh, they also did a, a release at Comic-Con, uh, the previews of the uh, Masters of the Universe WWE um, That could figures. be totally rad. Those Dude, could be super cool. It looks really cool. I haven't cool. seen pictures of that. There was, um, remember the dude that had those clip-on giant claws that was purple, and he swung? And um, I guess uh, John Cena is supposed to be He-Man, but they none of the pictures <laughs> had the sword, which really pissed me off. They had him with the battle axe. Remember He-Man came with the battle mm-hmm. axe, yep. the shield, and the sword, yeah. and they put the fucking battle axe in his hand instead of the fucking goddamn sword. <laughs> like... That's what I want to see, like, you know, like, you know, I'm, if I'm going to see Britney Spears in concert, she better play Oops, I Did It Again. She better bring a <laughs> giant python. Yep, exactly. <laughs> what's, her, what's, her, what's her spirit animal that comes in her blister pack action figure? You know? uh, one with, the uh, like, receding and growing titties, which has confused me <laughs> since I was a 16-year-old, but that's... That's, Dude, that's it's not, all about push-up bras. It's not toy-related. Push-up. No, I saw a video online a couple of years ago where it was like, no, these are different from these ones, even if it was a push-up bra. It was like a whole, like... Anyway, I wasn't watching... Well, body modifications don't stop yeah. once you start. That's a... That's like... You don't just... It's A body is not like a car where it's just like, okay, I put in a new radiator... It's working. <laughs> no, at a certain point, something doesn't work, and you keep going. I know, uh, I know a gal who is obsessed with constant, constant body work, face work, gross, uh, botoxing, gross. She has no, and she doesn't need it. She just doesn't need it. But uh, yeah, they get addicted yeah. to it, like Pete Burns from fucking Dead or Alive. The guy that did uh, you spin oh. me right round. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the the video for that one. Uh, well, look him up right now while I'm while I'm going on this little spiel here. Yeah. Uh, Pete Burns botched uh, plastic surgery. What he looks like now. 
uh, in the video for you spin me right round, he's wearing an eye patch and he's wearing that like you know frilly cravat. Oh yeah. The reason he's wearing the eye patch is not because he wants to be a pirate, is because he had a botched oh fucking my. nose surgery and his fucking nose cavity caved in, and they had to oh. fucking cover it up to do the fucking video. I uh. Yeah, I don't. I I. Wish you had not suggested I look in on this. This is terrifying. It's it's pretty bad. Uh, the only thing that I've seen that was more terrifying on the internet ever was botched transsexual reassignments. They got to do uh, electrolysis down there, and if they don't get all the hair, like hair starts growing inside. It's terrible. Yeah. The, I'm sorry. The sound, the sound that I was making there was the sound of nothing. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. it's because it was all expression. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, if you were expecting Ma- a, a reaction. Male to female is they they cut your dick in half, stuff it inside. I don't. Okay, I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, anyway. I'm sorry, folks. If if you're into that, that is totally your thing. And as we have said in many many issues or episodes of this podcast. Just make sure you get we the... Uh, do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Don't... Don't... I don't... You know... I don't give a I'm shit. I'm sorry. Just that's be happy. Just be, it's just not something I'm into. Uh, it, it just uh, seems too extreme for me, but if you're going to go that far, make sure they do a good electrolysis job because you're going to have hair growing inside of you. Anyway, we're done damn. with that subject. And wow. on a segue, from botched transsexual reassignments <laughs> into shit. AEW announcement today that... Uh, seeing as how there was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, know. so that's not a Nyla Rose kick. No, that's just me yeah. being a me being crass. Um yeah, it, it's uh, October 2nd, babies. It's going to happen. They it's oh, yeah. Wednesday and it's going to be Wednesday. It's going to be almost an exact month after all out. And they haven't the, they suspiciously didn't give the name out. And mm. WWE at the same time released today that their the redesigned version of the network is going to be faster. Uh, have better uh, search engine, more intuitive search engine, which is one of the reasons why I don't still have it. Because you could Google, well, not Google, you could search for things on there and it would leave things out or it wouldn't find things you know were for sure on there. And um, also, I know they're going to they're gonna announce really soon that Wednesday nights on FS1 is, because NXT is only on, it used to be on USA, I think. I remember it was on Hulu for a while. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's that's Wednesdays. But the the move before the big move to Fox for SmackDown and Raw in January is that they're gonna put NXT on on Wednesdays because it's already on Wednesdays. But on FS1 because it's one of the standard channels we have and like Comcast and fucking DirecTV and shit. Um, but I think that was kind of smart, man, because NXT is the only actually good product that we putting out, and it would be nice to have both on i don't give a shit i fuck i just want good wrestling you know that but dude for real i mean it it wwe wcw i don't care what it is i yeah i'd rather i'd rather have that product you know you don't you don't go to the vending machine and expect only to get a mars bar yeah yep just because they happen to be the company that owns every bar snickers twix etc that's a good fucking point you know i want a zagnut I'm a grown ass man. I, wanna, I can get two if I, I want. Watch him call it. Yeah, I love watch him call it. Hell yeah. We make money. We can pay a dollar for a candy bar. Hell yeah. I, lo- I remember the first Couple time I dollars. had watch him call it. Those weird ass commercials back in the early nineties. That sh- that shit was delicious. Those were good commercials. Um. Yeah, those were good. Yeah. Did you ever have a bitto honey? Oh yeah. 
Those were okay, too. Very cheap Halloween candy. Anyway, we can talk about that at Halloween. Yeah. AEW, dude. But, uh, yeah, for real. I'm looking forward to seeing I'm, that. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe you can make a trip out here for our all-out party. But uh, it's in August, but I know that we both are straining right now because we're being big boys and paying our bills and shit. And, um, oh, my gosh. I love the struggle. Hey, I, I don't need it. a couch as much as I need a trip. <laughs> I know, right? I, I love the struggle, though, because it makes me feel good when I knock that shit out and... And I see people not knocking that shit out and like, why are you working all this overtime? Because I need to fucking pay my bills, dickhead. Fuck you. Like, (laughs) like, why wouldn't I? Quit asking. What are you going to get behind? (laughs) Like that, like, sorry, it took me 36 years for my dad's fucking like, get your shit together, get my head. But even then, like, you know, whatever. We're all kids and we're all stubborn. Well, you and I are both like setting our ways single and fucking... Uh, if you're going to fuck with my wrestling and my comic book budget and my whiskey budget and my gas money to drive around town and just look at shit for hours, like, then y- you can go away. That that stuff is all catharsis because things are hard enough as they are without something that's... We could be into way more dangerous stuff than that. Oh, way more dangerous you know? stuff. Way more dangerous stuff. And I like the fact that you use catharsis. The first time I heard the, the, the term catharsis and understood what it meant was an interview with James O'Barr. Um, mm. Do you know how mm-hmm. The Crow came about? Uh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that recently, in fact. Yeah, he, uh, mm-hmm. his wife was killed in a drunk driver accident. Uh, yeah. Similar. And he made The Crow. I, I believe he was military. Came back and made the crow and he was looking for catharsis and they asked him in this interview if you look it up on youtube there's a very specific one he's in his house in michigan which automatically made me uneasy because when i think michigan i think meth and people that huff paint and shit and sorry people in michigan but you know what i'm talking about um you gave us icp and um (laughs) he's in he's in a um He's in his studio in his house, and his studio is cramped. It's got bookshelves. It's completely dark except for the one bright white light bulb over his drawing board. And his drawings were just like... um, My ex-girlfriend, Holly, was... She used to be a meth head, and she showed me her old fucking uh, journals from when she was high on meth, like, writing her thoughts down. And her, her writing was... It was the most perfect handwriting in the smallest possible version. Like, she, like it was on graph paper. And it was all these weird drawings and stuff. And that's what I saw on his fucking board. And he's like, they asked him, like, was it a catharsis? He's like, no, it made it worse. Ugh, that's rough. It made it worse. And then combined with the way he looked, he looked like he was on something. And, you, you know, you and I, we're from Oklahoma, so we know we know it when we see it. I, mean, we, I see it every day. There's somebody walking down the street, and they're just fidgety and weird. Every fucking gas station we go into, it's like every time like people say, like, oh, meth should be banned. No, meth should be encouraged, because someone's got to work at a gas station, and it ain't going to be fucking me. Oh, dude, the people that, <laughs> these people are all hanging out outside of the gas station. Oh, well, man, I remember the zombies outside of fucking uh, 23rd Street, man, like working at that mm-hmm. fucking uh, 33, whatever oh, that, the fuck it was, across the... I know the one you're talking yeah. about. Don't name it, don't name it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the one, uh, the one on the way to the fucking Chesapeake in between, uh, uh, the, uh, in between Bricktown and Chesapeake. 
There's that oh, one. By that, yeah, by that McDonald's. Yeah, right across. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, we have some. We got to. Yeah, we got to get off of this yeah. crap. This is some awful stuff. 16 minutes is some weird shit, man. Uh, my friend CA was like, he was listening to our podcast and he's like, you guys are machine guns. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you guys change seconds. You guys change subjects or, or, or focus on something within 30 seconds each. And then the other one chimes in with just as much knowledge. And then there's a shift. And then another one, like, how the hell do you guys talk like that? And I'm like, we're just brothers, man. Like, also, the beauty of it. Yeah. The beauty of it. uh, I have some friends where we can pick up a conversation that we started you know, four hours ago and like, like nothing ever happened. Yeah. You just walk into the room and you're like, you know, like, do you remember when this happened and blah, blah, blah. And it was in fight club or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm watching this other thing and just, they know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I used to live with some guys and that was the way we communicated. And I've got some friends that I don't get to see, uh, more than like, I don't know, every couple of years, I don't even hear from them every so often. We can talk about stuff. That's still relevant. And at a certain point, sometimes I'm like, do we still have a problem with this thing? Like, how can we not have progressed past this or whatever? But yeah, no, I, I dig that. I, I understand it. I appreciate what, who was your buddy that said that they listened to the uh, podcast we did last about with uh, involving the hunt for Red October. Oh shit. That was, um, why am I spacing? Like, I feel like it'll come, it'll come up with it. I just want to say thanks. Um, uh, it's nice to get any feedback at all. Oh, that was Jonathan. Uh, don't... That was Jonathan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, if you guys have any feedback at all, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong, especially, you know, we'd love to answer more questions about things. If you want to want any further detail, I'm sure we can come up with it because there's only so much time. And uh, we're in different time zones, and, like, I got to get up at a different time than Joshua does. So it's ty- it's trying to find a way to fit it all in in an appropriate uh, thing for both of us. But, um, uh, yeah, and then when we have call-ins, we've got <laughs> – when we have very special segments called phoning it in with whomever. <laughs> whomever. But, um, <clears throat> well, yeah. stay tuned for that. Thanks. I uh, – so thanks everybody, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go in with this business. We do have an agenda here, and and uh, so that's my segue. <laughs> I'm just gonna start going with this to? other business. Uh, yeah, so I, I the other uh, like Sunday. Oh, you were talking about um, the new store. Talk, tell me about that. That's new right. Store. Yeah, I, was I, I worked, and then on I worked on Saturday, and my son was sick, so I didn't get to take him to go see his grandmother, uh, who would hate. She hates being called grandmother, so we don't do it. But. Um, we uh, what white and not because she's a dick. Is, she, is she Nana? Her her name is Grammary because her name is Mary. My mother my mother's name is Mary, and so she's called Grammary, and it's very cute. She likes it. So, um, uh, and I think she didn't want to be called grandmother because she didn't want to be so related to her mother, who she doesn't dislike, but blah blah blah. Anyway, so. We didn't get to do anything on Saturday and Sunday, so I went to, uh, I was driving around and finding different, like, Pokemon gyms. Yeah. And, because, um, you know, you know the answer to that one. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I accidentally found this comic book store that's virtually across the street from my house. I've been coming up for to, uh, to this town for years and years and did not know that it was right there. They said they've been open since 2013-ish. No shit. And it's called... Yeah, we googled, and it's, it's, we googled 
comic book stores on our way into Tulsa uh, four years ago uh, for Luca's last birthday party. Oh, my god! The one I yeah. got to go to. We looked that up. We didn't find that shit. No, I don't. I didn't know that this one was there. I just accidentally encountered it. Uh, it it's called Impulse Creations Comics and Collectibles. Um, and uh, it just it was kind of shocking because Impulse Creations does not make me think of comic books. But, um, yeah, they had Challenges. a subheading. A sub and I, Anyway, so I... I Blew through there this evening, right before they closed, and uh, it is a, I'm going to say it's a small place, but they have really, really utilized their retail space. Um, all I of the new that. books, oh, it's really clever. They, all of the new books are uh, up, on, up on the wall in an easy-to-get fashion, and uh, then they have a uh, little quad... Uh, retail displays fl- like floating so it's like here's all the Spider-Man related Spider-Gwen Spider-Miles Morales etc like a yeah. whole section and here's all the Avengers here's a big DC chunk right here and they they had uh, they had like 20% off on graphic novels right now uh, they had a they had a pretty decent selection of that I guess the owner is heavy heavy into Star Wars so um he, she, I didn't get the answer because I did not meet the owner. Uh, but uh, they had a load of packaged Star Wars action figures. Nice. Uh, even some of these really nice new ones, the re... What do you call this? Like the uh, the Kenner? The, re- the, the reimagined Kenner. Kenner with the Kenner logo, but it's got better yeah, graphics beautiful, and better toys. Beautiful. Like uh, they they had a gin or so there, and I, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't have a gin or so. I really liked uh, the Rogue One stuff, so... I've got the Rogue One yeah. ship, man, from Lego, and I feel, like, complete because of that motherfucker. Oh, the U-Wing? Yeah. I know. I remember you getting that. I've still not put mine together. Uh, I got some Lego sets I might try to offload the one that are still in the box um, in lieu of being able to acquire more Legos in the city theme anyways. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a nice store. They have some. They have back issues. They have recent back issues. They've got new issues. Like I say, they are running a 20% off graphic novels right now. Tons of Marvel action figures, DC stuff. I ended up getting, uh, even though, this might be ridiculous, but even though I recently procured the trade paperback of the new Jinx World Scarlet uh, from Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev, I ended up getting issues two through five of the singles of that same book because... Nice. Somehow or another, I've I've always had single issues of Scarlet, and uh, that's one of those little We've things. Got that most like, no, of I can them. be a completionist, huh? We've got most of them, man. I've I've only missed yeah. like one or two of the new Image ones before they moved off. What, what was it, Icon? Uh, back in two thousand nine, uh, it, it could that, be. It had I, mean, that, I don't know. It had that pyramid <laughs> logo. And it was like Icon. Yep. It was it had the Illuminati esque concept yeah. going on. But uh, yeah, th- something like that. It killer run on um leviathan event in uh event leviathan yeah yeah the, it's, it's oh yeah it's, yeah bendis and malieve totally crushing it there it's true detective comics man it's uh, the especially uh number two that one was really fucking good like that i was only a detective picked story. those up today that was a detective story that was one when like right when batman reveals like because he's talking to tim drake no 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 uh, jason todd he's talking to the red hood and he's mm. like, yeah, well, Jason's like, no, I keep mixing them up. 
Jason Todd's the one that died in uh, Death in a Family, right? The, yeah. The one everyone mm-hmm. voted to die. And, uh-huh. uh, the 1-900 so, number. So he's, a, uh, he's the Red Hood, and, and Red Hood's like, well, did you do this? He's like, yeah, actually, I did. Well, did you get this person? And then, like, everyone just comes out of the darkness and is like, give it up. Like, holy shit. Like, like right when he asked that, like, he just, like, such a split second for someone as intelligent as us. Like, it took me a give second. Give Like, when you realize that part of Leviathan, like, he's questioning him. Like, help me out. Oh, 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 oh there's uh, Jack and KJ. Jack and KJ, checking in with you. Our two resident German shepherds. But, yeah, but that's beside the point. Um... <laughs> Uh, nine out of ten for the store. What did it smell like? Because that's a big deal for me. What the fucking store oh, it was smells super. Like. It just smelled like fresh comics. I mean, that place was nice clean. and clean. It was really crisp. I mean, I mean, it was industrial carpet, and it was you know right, low right, right. ceilings and or not low ceilings, but drop ceilings and stuff. Uh, they were playing um, uh, snippets of. You know, comic book themed motion picture scores and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, True. Amazing. It was, dude. It was crisp. Yeah, that's a good word. It was one of the better smelling. If it, it smelled brand new, and then I asked about the. I said, you know, this retail space is really good. I mean, it's small, and it doesn't feel cramped. Right. There's definitely a lot to look at. Um, I wouldn't run around. You know, I just wouldn't let kids run around in there. Little kids under five, maybe that want to touch everything, because there's a lot of product that's down low, and you don't want to run into having to buy a four dollar book that you just didn't and didn't factor on. You know, so I feel you on definitely that. a place to keep your kid. There weren't any kids in there, so I don't know how they treat them. But anyway, they they seem pretty cool. There's a store here in the Springs, and I'm I'm not gonna name it because I'm not hating on it because I found a lot of cool stuff that was like I'm slowly going in and buying. Uh, filling in the holes on my spawn collection, but oh, yeah. uh, their mm. next door neighbors is a dog grooming place. Oh wow! And I think there's like a sandwich or donut shop, so it's really confusing because you smell donuts <laughs> and wet dog, and then oh. and then it's also like like it's so cramped, like you don't know where to look, and the the toys are misaligned as best they can. Well, they align it as best they can, but like. I think people go in there and window shop a lot, so it's kind of... I, th- I, f- I think they find it impossible oh, to Oh, that their... happens a bunch. Yeah, but they're always the ones that, like... Um, like, we go to Muse, or you go to um, Iron Lion, or... Uh, shit, even, like, shithole place. I'm not going to name it, because that guy was an asshole. Like, they've got Some all place the... here? You know, here in, here in the Springs. Oh, and okay. They've always got the new Magic... Uh, decks the the the, the pre releases you, you name it and and this one always like yeah my magic my magic shipment's late I'm like how the hell's your magic shipment late that shit is like printing your own money like <laughs> and yeah. uh but yeah it, like I, I feel like that place should have a hose outside with some uh what's that orange agent <laughs> when you're when you're working on a car and you put that orange shit on your hand like that oh, pink what? granulated shit from high school. Um. <laughs> Reservoir dogs. Thank you, um, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know what that stuff is. I don't. Yeah. I, man, it, it, I can't the, think of the last every time. time I, I, every time I leave that store, I wish car. my dad was outside with a hose with that pink granulated shit from high school. <laughs> Dude, I just re- realized that there's an, a book on my list for this week that I read that uh, I did not name off when we were making our. Uh, oh, 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 tell me right now. Initial so I put it on the list. Write up. 
Yeah, would you want to start with it and we'll just uh, no, cruise we, in from there? No, we need to go into Picard first. Oh, okay. Well, oh. all right. I uh, Orville number one from Dark Horse. What the fuck? Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I liked it. I had no idea. Like, who wrote it? Okay, 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 uh, okay, okay, okay. Right, 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 right. You've officially enticed me. Let's let's get the Picard so we can talk about <laughs> All right. Uh, well, okay. I I can't say off the top of it. Okay, let's let's start here. First things first. The Orville New Beginnings Part One of Two. So I'm hoping this is a this is a uh, continuing. Anyway, it's David A. Goodman, David Cabeza, and Michael Adier. And I gotta say, like just looking at the cover, I mean the likenesses are really close to spot on. Uh, within the realm of like being a nine out of ten across the board for spot on depictions of actors and actresses in and out of makeup looks really really good all right i'm pulling it up Uh, right now now are they doing that bullshit where it's the uh they just digitally draw over actual photos of these people no no this oh what man i don't think so i mean you're complaining about you know this all of the best stuff about star wars comics lately but i'm not gonna say that that's what it is no they didn't uh, because because the expressions aren't exactly spot on. Um, I know where you're coming from, but yeah, I'm just going to say no. But I mean, it's not difficult. Like, you know, you go in and you see some retelling of a of a feature film like my Free Jack. Remember, I got that Free Jack comic. Oh, that was rad. I mean, Emilio doesn't necessarily look like you. Do you guys remember that movie? We talked about it some months ago. Free Jack from like what, nineteen ninety? Yeah. I love that movie. It's a terrible movie. I love it. Emilio Estevez, Rene Russo, um, Anthony Hopkins, and Mick fucking Jagger. Okay, as the bounty hunter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, and that was rad. It's a wacky movie. If you get the opportunity to check it out, it's totally worth it. It's so bad, it's awesome. Like, it transcends. Dude, and, uh, dude, Rudger Howard died today. Oh, don't. Yeah, not... Oh, man. I I saw that on Facebook, and the first thing I saw was just a freeze frame with the the lines yeah. of Roy Batty yeah. from, uh, from Blade Runner, and my heart just sank. Not because I care about Blade Runner. I don't care about Blade Runner. I have never liked that movie. That is the slowest fucking movie. I will, I you know, but I, I appreciate it. I have seen it, but like in the end, yeah, the weight of Rutger Hauer. I like Lady Hawk way better. Well, Lady Hawk was way better, way better, but even then. Like, I liked Rutger Hauer in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I love Sam him. Rockwell. Oh, Sam Rockwell? Mm-hmm. I love that man. I, I was like so proud uh, of Rutger Hauer in like, uh, we've been we've been supporting Buffy. him since we since we met. <laughs> yeah, Rutger yeah, Hauer. We loved, we, uh, Rutger Hauer. Uh, my favorite was uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. Hobo with yeah. We watched that. Right, let's and take. We got let's, let's hammer drunk. Yeah, we we. <laughs> sorry, all right, all right, all right. Orville was. Let's awesome. take a second here. Let's take a second here and let's take you know at least seven seconds for Rutger Hauer. Thank you. Thank you, Rutger Hauer. Thank you, Rutger Hauer. Yeah. 
Honestly, yeah, I I'm a, I'm that that's sad about that for real. D- dude, I the mean, guy's one of the not, best character actors ever. Was he the one in Speed? Oh. <clears throat> Speed? No, that was Dennis Hopper. That was Dennis Hopper. I always get those two confused. Yeah. Him strapping and duct taping that shotgun into that guy's dick uh, in hope of the shotgun and then blowing it <laughs> in half. Oh shit, that was amazing. Okay. Yeah, like, dude, that movie was fucked. You remember that? Like, he walks in on that guy, like, raping that chick, and he's cutting her in half at the same time with a big piece of glass. <laughs> Everything has to be just the worst. Tonight is all about whatever the worst thing is you can say or think. I'm sorry, uh, man. I've been, I, I've, I've, I've been in a bad mood all day, and it was just good to see your face. Uh, let, let's talk this about is the where we all where we turn it all around. Let's talk about the Orville. Uh, okay, it, so... Why is it... But, like three ninety nine on this website and then eighteen ninety nine on this website. Is there a previously existing no. Orville no. comic I don't know about? No, the covers are all the same except one that's a B lister. But uh, yeah, you're right. The the drawing is someone that took the fucking time. It's gorgeous. Yeah. What I'm gonna say about this is that uh, there's definitely some g- digital overlay stuff when you see the graphics on the screens well, for and the, the bridge ships. or whatever. You know, some of that stuff. There's you just don't have any problem figuring out who you're looking at, and it's that's that's a great thing. I'm just I'm going back and I'm like complaining about Freejack or I'm complaining about. Um, a Highlander or a Quantum Leap comic. Just somebody spent no time doing it and. You can't figure out who you're looking at. You know, it's yeah. just awful. Well, if I was listening to, uh, oh god, I'm sorry to talk over you, but no, you're fine. You're Minty, fine. does anybody listen to Minty Comedic Arts or watch Minty Comedic Arts on uh, YouTube at all? No, I've never heard of it. He's a he's a guy from. I, I'm pretty sure he's Australian. He might be New Zealander because I saw, thought he was. I thought I saw something that he was from nearby Wellington, but he said he was in Australia the other day. Is he, he that fat movies. guy with the is he that fat guy with the aviators that's bald? I don't know how fat he is, but yeah, yeah, that guy. He he he's always like sitting in front of like his toys and shit. Sure, that's the uh universal backdrop anymore. Yeah. If you're gonna show yourself to be a fan of anything uh on YouTube, you have to be presented in front of a collection of stuff that incorporates your fandom. That dude's toy and suck. I will dude. not respect you if you have Funko Pop dolls. No. At all. You can't even at play all. with them. You can't even play with them. Fuck those things. Those things are sitting there collecting dust and they will have zero, zero resale value in seven years. They're fucking the beanie uh, babies of comic book dumb, dude. That's exactly what they fucking are. I can't believe some of the shit I've seen out of that stuff. Like mini mates, I I eBayed all my mini mates and could not move them. And all I had was a handful of Marvel ones from 2007, and like my Battlestar Galactica ones, which I sold in one fell swoop for like thirty bucks. And I had almost all of them. Bunch of Toys R Us exclusives. Anyway, right, the Orville. Finish this button. The so, Orville. Finish this. Yeah, Orville. sure. Sorry, we're way all over. We're machine guns, apparently. Yeah. Um. This turns into a th- this episode takes place r- or this issue takes place well presented right before the end of the first season and uh, so it gives you that time marker which is pretty good and it turns into a you know it a jeez oh, the captain's kind of hacked off with you know Kelly and it's because he's having dreams and they split up and all of that stuff. And he gets the opportunity to leave the ship and go check out a planet. And he goes down with, uh, Oh, what's the pilot's name? I can't remember his name. The redhead guy. 
Yeah, I can't come up with it suddenly. Uh, they they leave the ship in one of their stupid looking shuttlecrafts and they fly down to this planet to check it out. And I mean, it's just like any other story. And then it goes to a B. Pl- it goes to a C plot with uh, it w- that it's time to get Clyden's kid into day school. And so this is the story oh, of how yeah. Kelly meets uh, the, the teacher she starts dating. And oh, that's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's it's awesome. I and dug then, like, that guy, man. He wasn't an asshole. He just wanted to love no, him. No, he was a good character. It was, I mean, when you go back and you look at what happened in the episodes where uh, where Kelly split up with him, it's really just like, I don't know. I think it's just her... I'm changing my mind and I'm going to go this direction instead. Tell me. It's interesting. I really appreciate the way they've done things on that series in the avenues of how people suddenly change their mind or or react differently for one reason or another or just they're willing to explore the the unfortunate like ill-conceived notions that people have. And you know, you have to live with these bad decisions. Anyway, the captain and uh, the pilot go down to this planet, and they check things out. They inv- they they they're they're investigating a uh, like an, an old the crash of an old battleship, and they encounter some avian bird like aliens who they can talk to, but they the birds don't understand who they are. So they clearly don't understand what's going on with the starship that crashed there, and. Um, it's just funny because it's like it's Star Trek with a more realistic or more contemporary sense of humor. Uh, That's one just thing like the show. One thing I'm going to say it. this comic captures the, sh- the show perfectly. Nine out of ten. Perfectly. Or, or, Not, right. def- definitely. Nine out of ten for sure. I mean, Hell the yeah. only reason... There's no reason why this whole issue couldn't have been filmed as an episode of the series... No, accepting that the the bird-like aliens are probably very expensive uh, costumes. Yeah, but that believability that it could be an actual issue. I mean, I'm sorry, an actual episode of the of the show. I mm-hmm. mean, like, I hope they f- flat out say this is part of the canon because I want more Orville. Like, uh, I, I watch it with my dad. Yeah. I watch it with my dad, and it like the one thing it captures that I have always it took me a while to truly appreciate about, and we've talked about it before. I'll just briefly touch on it again is the fact that it is a alien race encountering encountering another alien race and trying to be as communicable as possible uh-huh. to truly communicate without no cultural accidents where uh, they shake the wrong hand and that's like the sign of war or something stupid like from a far, oh, side, yeah. from a far side comic or something like that and they, they do their goddamn best, and at the same time, though, it's still Seth MacFarlane, and the jokes, I mean, there's some of those jokes that are, like, it, it'll take you a second, like, goddamn, that was a smart joke, and then you'll laugh your ass off, it'll take you a second. I know! It'll take you a second, and, uh, like, um, one of my favorite jokes from uh, that show, 30 Rock, was uh, Liz Lemon's dad was named Dick Lemon. And they were eating. <laughs> they were eating uh, Christmas uh, dinner out at like TGI Fridays or something like that. I was like, no, I insist to pay, because uh, you know it's a it's not a party. It's not a lemon party without old Dick. 
And, and and then like you freeze for a second and like they just made a lemon party internet joke like like a goatsy joke or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, let's do Picard. Yeah. Let's do Picard. Uh I've got Hey, my- let me real quick here. It uh the Orville it says this is a four issue I took this from the Hollywood Reporter. The four issue series will consist of two stories set between the first and second seasons of the Fox TV show. So Honestly, I think if this thing sells out, they know that it works. They might do an ongoing series. I don't know why they wouldn't, except that the continuity is still so tight that it's hard to figure out yeah. how to have episodes take place between the episodes. Anyway, yeah, the Picard trailer. Picard since trailer. We're, uh, since we're in Trekland, more or less. You, um, you hated the Hawk Screech at the beginning. Oh, man, yeah. The first thing that comes up, you watch... Okay, so what are we talking about? So for anybody that doesn't know... Uh, Star Trek, Next Generation, we have not seen, we have seen neither hide nor hair of any of those characters in the Trek chronology since 2002 when Star Trek Nemesis ended, uh, when Star Trek Nemesis uh, came out in theaters. And um, Joshua does not know a lot about that because he's only as far in Next Generation Season as, five, what, episode eight. Okay, and so he hasn't seen any of the feature films uh, starring the Next Generation cast. He hasn't seen Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Those are all the things that catch you up on the 24th century. So the Picard trailer, I mean, there's so many freaking spoilers, but I think you're aware of some things that, uh, you know, in in Star Trek Nemesis, it's Star Trek X, 2002, um... The Enterprise E crew, they were the D crew. The Enterprise E crew, uh, they lose Data, Commander Data, who was going to be the new first officer. And um, he has another brother called B4 that they put back together. And um, before any further events go on, they realize that B4's positronic brain is not as capable of functionality as data's or his other brother lore's really uh brains and so data decides to do a complete transfer so you know that data has the collected memories of all of the omicron theta colony residents before the colony was destroyed right and uh we never see that in the series. We just know that that's the case. And there's an episode where um, Data explains that to a woman whose son was killed on Omicron Theta and some other situations. Well, so B4 has the collected annotated works of Data's entire life and all of the Omicron Theta colonies and everything. But he's still incapable of performing function at a higher brain level. And so the last scene of Nemesis, after Captain Picard shakes Captain Riker's hand and after all of the, after all of the tragedy has happened in that movie, uh, Captain Picard is sitting with B4, who is acting kind of like a, a man-child, yeah. just fiddling with crap on the desks, desk. And he says, I just want you to understand that your brother... In being who he was, 
made us all aspire to be better who we than who we are. And B4 just doesn't get it. But he starts whistling a song that Data sang earlier in the movie. So you know that the capability exists. Right. So that's just one aspect of what's going on with the trailer because at the end of the trailer we have Brent Spiner reprising his role as Data or B4 or we don't know what sitting there. It could all be a flashback. I have no idea. But the uniform or the costume that Data or that Brent Spiner is wearing is so gold it can, It only makes me think that that's got to be B4 in a Starfleet engineering jumpsuit. I don't think that that's Data. Um, Wh- whose body do you think that was they pulled out dismembered? I think that was B4. Because uh, from what I understand, Data like disappeared with one of the ships and then showed up uh, unsubstantially uh, in a different like movie or TV show. My, my buddy Jeremy was telling me, like, and they never explained it. Uh, that's totally unfamiliar to me. Unless you're talking about the Star Trek countdown series that well, he doesn't know everybody as as takes you. as canon. There's there's stuff that people take as canon. You have A you have like, you know, A continuity and B continuity and then you have all of this other stuff like you've got okay, well what's really the continuity? The only real continuity is what we see on screen. Period. I'm not going to say I don't love the entirety of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, and in every way do I appreciate it more than either of the two mainline Star Wars movies. But there's no video game. There's no comic book that is going to replace what Star Trek does on screen, because in the end, the stuff that makes it to the screen is going to be way more controlled and scrutinized than any of the other materials. Right. I, I mean, I just listened to an entire lore reloaded uh, YouTube video about that the other day. So shout out to that guy. Tell me about the, uh, tell me about the communicator. The communicator. Yeah. When pick, okay. So one of the little moments we have in the trailer is Captain Picard opens a little tin on his desk and there's a communicator there. The beauty of this and why that could be controversial. Okay. The last episode a Star Trek The Next Generation sees the main cast from the Enterprise-D in three different time periods. Right. When the past, present, and the future. Picard's going back and, and forth. The, exactly. And we see in the future that should be taking place more or less in the Picard TV series timeline, they would be wearing this other future... Starfleet uniform was he with ch- other com badges. Was he older in that episode when they got those com badges than, than he should have been when he is in the Picard trailer opening the, the, the case? He's about... I, I'm going to say he's about three years younger in the Picard trailer. So it stands to chance that they could ha- we could start seeing Starfleet personnel switch into those uniforms by the end of a series... Or in the middle of it, if it's super popular and it works and it goes for like five years. I don't care. Because in the end of that, it's still a Q reality. But it is substantiated by the last episode of Star Trek Voyager, which also has future stuff going on and uh, has those uniforms. But is dicked up by the fact that both of those futures are only possible futures 
because of time travel or cue meddling. Tell me about the so. Tell me about the vineyard. The vineyard. I mean, the vineyard is the Picard family vineyard, and it's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it was run by Captain Picard's brother and his sister-in-law and his nephew that we only see briefly in the episode Family at the beginning of the fourth season after right after Captain Picard had been assimilated and then retrieved from the Borg. And uh, that's as, as much as we ever get to see them. Do you think the Borg are reverse engineering the Borg? I'm sorry, the Romulans are reverse engineering the Borg. Why not? I that's a totally plausible re- we see we see a scene in the uh we see a scene okay, Captain Picard is running around trying to take care of a young woman who appears and says, I'll be safe with you, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Uh you know, they said that I'd be safe with you, or I never felt safer than anyone than I was with you. And the speculation is that maybe this is a future Borg queen. And if that's the case, then, hey, that's fine. She has a particularly interesting look. And um, she can teleport. then we also see uh, Captain Picard is saying she has no idea, you know, what her potential is or how dangerous she could become or something like that. And then they flash to a board cube that looks like it's being cored out. Yep. And we also see a Romulan woman. Like debating yeah. with Picard. Yeah, I'm. My suspicion with the trailer is that the series precedent is set up around how the uh, the Hoba Star. If you go back to Star Trek from 2009, the J.J. Abrams movie, you have the original series cast dealing with events that are taking place from the 24th century. Right. So. You know, you've got Spock, who did not defect to the Romulan Star Empire, but was attempting to unify the Romulans back into the Vulcans or whatever. Right. And they detected a supernova that was incalculably powerful, that they were trying to find a way to stop it, to make it collapse in on itself, and they couldn't manage to do it, and so the Romulan Star Empire was devastated by the explosion of this supernova. And so my suspicion is that Captain Picard was named Admiral in charge of a fleet that was supposed to go into Romulan space and lend aid and be hospitlers and take care of business and help them get back on their feet. But then he probably realized, much like what happens in Star Trek Insurrection, yeah, you might be trying to do that, but you're trying to if Starfleet's trying to establish a foothold in Romulan territory, or you're only going to do as much as you think is necessary uh, to get them on their feet again. But you're never really going to let them fly again. Wow! Because you just watched. It, it's it's like if I don't know. It's just like United States foreign policy. As much as I love being an American and I love our standard of living, uh, you know. Yeah, we'll come in and we'll help you out. And then, do you mind if we put a couple of air bases over here? Yeah, do you mind if we, uh, it's like Dane Cook, who I don't really want to quote, but it was a funny sketch, you know. Do you mind, do you mind if we put a couple of air bases over here? (laughs) So I think that's kind of what happened. And I think that Captain Picard or Admiral Picard or whatever we get out of it, whatever his rank is, is like, no, I'm not being involved in Starfleet anymore. You guys blew it. But 
What about so I don't think that he I think he's at large. I don't think he's necessarily running around in Starfleet. I also read something that said he did not want to be in Starfleet uniform for this series. So really? I'm hoping it's more like a Star Wars thing where it's Captain Picard with a crew of people who are on a secret mission that can't be involved with Starfleet. I uh, because you know how many admirals are full of shit in Starfleet? Every, every episode every seems to be about admirals. Every single one of those admirals had some fucking alternative, gen- <laughs> alternative agenda. Let's talk about those uh, <coughs> Easter eggs. Yeah. X amount of days without assimilation. I mean, there's not... I mean, you could say that if they're breaking down... I mean, who are those people in that scene that they are all like, in red jumpsuits? Are they, they prisoners? Like, I thought those people that were in that scene when they they show that catwalk scene, I thought those guys were all Romulans. And you see them working on dead Romulans. And then you see the... They could uh, be Vulcans. Uh, the ears were the ears were too round. Well, that's that goes back and forth. I mean, what can you say when you've got Klingons that look like no Klingons we've ever encountered in Discovery? Right. They'll just make people look like whatever they fri- frip and want them to look like, man. It's a, there's continuity is out the window at this point as far as what aliens look like. What about Captain Picard Day? Captain Picard Day is a flashback. That that piece is a flashback from. Uh, uh, is it the episode Disaster? Exactly. You just watched that one, right? Exactly. It is. Uh, yeah, I believe that one's called Disaster, and um, or I could be wrong. No, I think I'm I'm like ninety percent sure it's Disaster. But I, I remember but that I they're on their way back to uh, they're on their way someplace, and the admiral is like, "What's this Captain Picard crap in the background?" And he's like, "I'm a role model," <laughs> so. I don't know. That's super cute, whatever it is. All right, what about, um, let's see. We're going through my notes here. Why do you think he left Starfleet? I think he left, I mean, just like that, I think he left Starfleet. My impression is that he left Starfleet because... After the Romulan disaster? After the Romulan situation, especially if it went south like that. However, I wouldn't... I wouldn't put it past him to be like... To feel ultimately responsible for Data's death? I mean, that would be all too human of him because he is too static of a person for that kind of thing to, sh- to rock him so hard. If uh, I was responsible for Data's death, I'd blow my fucking brains out. I, I, I would feel like... That would be pretty I, tough. I, I would, and I'm not being shitty or weird. I'm just saying, like, I would have deprived the universe of a golden phoenix ale- uh, warlock gem. I mean, you think about, like, the episode uh, Measure of a Man. Is it any better for them to take Data and disassemble him so that they, we can have more of that? No. No, we're denying sentience to someone who is incredible. And He's wonderful. there you have Data's, He's sweet. Data's death. He's romantic. He's a good friend. He Yeah, he's got all this stuff going He's Has Data, like, that's one of the best things I've, I love about Star Trek Next Gen, is that Data never will ever, ever let you down. You haven't got there yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got there yet. Um, all right, all right. Yeah, all right. I mean... So uh, let's move on. Seven of nine. Seven of nine. 
Okay, it's been 20 years. Why does she still have that stupid thing on her face? I mean, she has do we have to we have to keep that thing? I get, I can appreciate her having more personality, but also I'm looking at her going where does she get off like what relationship does she have with Picard? What what it must be is that the only th reason I can see all of this stuff working together is if, in fact, there's a big Borg presence that got stopped at some point and they are breaking down that cube and those people are all uh, former Borg drones. Right. All those people in the red yeah, jumpsuits. Yeah, they showed, a, they showed a lot of that. And so Seven of Nine, I think, is has, has to be some kind of consultant or adjutant or I don't know what. Uh, helping in that situation, so the whole maybe maybe not with the with the Romulan business. I mean, we sure did see a lot of Romulan Vulcan esque stuff going on. But Seven of Nine, you know, what are you doing out here trying to save the galaxy or something? I just don't appreciate that. I don't I don't like things being pitched to me like that. Okay, okay, I can see that. I, I read a few things where people had the same thing, like, like, don't just show me 709 and expect me to be happy about it. As if she... I mean, I get it. I appreciate 709. She's an amazing character. And yeah. I'm not just talking about her looks. I mean, believably, they because they robbed the entire Voyager cast outside of Bob Picardo and Jerry Ryan of any personal growth... After introducing her to the series, it was all about the Doctor and Seven of Nine. Right. And so we have her barely growing throughout the entire, like, what, three, four years that she's on the series. I appreciate seeing her having some personal growth, but I don't appreciate her talking to Captain Picard like that. In such a familiar fashion, as if I never appreciate that ever, unless it's I, it Data just, it or Riker. It's just such a. It's just trailer fodder, you know. You, I just you remember think this seeing. Is a cash grab? Well, it's definitely a cash grab, but. Uh, oh, you remember watching Star Wars Episode Three, and yeah. you watch Yoda and the Emperor get into a fight, and they're in the council chamber. And uh, the Emperor is just flinging Senate yeah, chair yeah. discs. I just, I was like, I've been waiting for that since the first time we saw it. Like, when is there going to be a big fight in this chamber? Right. And who's going to have to leap from one of these to the next? Like it's a, like it's a boss level in a original Nintendo game. Right, and mind. like, that's my beef with seeing stuff that is so obviously set up for something like that. And so my bitch looking at Seven of Nine in this trailer is just, guys, you knew that was the scene that was going to make it into the trailer to get people to watch this. And what's more, I got the same complaint about when we see Captain Picard say, engage. Like, he said it a little weird, it's didn't the, he? <laughs> it's the way he says it at conventions. It's not the way that Captain Picard says it. Like, it just, it, I don't know, it just makes my... No, he did say it different. I, I, First I, and I, I noticed that. But if it was a total cash grab, then why not show Riker and Troy show up? They're, appa they're apparently suiting up for the show. Uh, the, yeah, uh, and then also, um, I'm going to bet you $100 right now that Wesley's going to be in this. 
I pray that Wesley's in it. If there was one recurring original T or well TNG crew member that should be in it in every episode, I would kill to have Wesley and Captain Picard running around the galaxy doing amazing crap together. I will together. pray to your God for that exact same thing because that will Dude, be awesome. Dude, for real. I know that people have got it. serious beef with Wesley Crusher, oh, they can eat but a, do not... They can eat a dick. He was awesome. Do not give Will Wheaton any crap, okay? The guy did Cannot. everything he could, and then... He, was a he got hate mail, he and he changed his mind about it. And it, the show, you guys think you guys you guys don't think that you have a voice? Fuck you! You got Robin killed in 1989 or whatever when yeah. it was with with you just mentioned it with a one nine hundred number. Yeah. You didn't like Wesley? They listened to your he didn't they didn't listen to your letters. Will Wheaton, you ruined Will Wheaton. To a certain point, he could have been a completely different person. Or is it is it better or worse now? He still rolls with his fan with his fan base. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I gotta you I'll, know the I'll, guy's awesome. I'll pray to for whatever putting up with all of these people. I'll pray to whatever Didi's listening. I don't care what I have to give. I want some. I want some Wesley fucking Crusher crushing it. I want him to be in the same outfit that his dad was wearing in that hologram when he got that that flash disc. When, oh, his, when his dad was telling him, you know, <laughs> he got a flash drive. Yeah, and it was uh, a fucking flash drive. It was a fucking flash drive, man. And it was uh, a uh, oh man, it was a no, isolinear no, chip. I, I want that to happen. I want Wesley to come back and kick some fucking ass because, like, he can't just be the dude that was in it and no, no, it um uh, uh the body. No, uh, that's the original. oh the stand, not the, the stand. stand. Uh, stand by me. Stand by me. Yeah, yeah the, the original book was the the body. Um, mm-hmm. and then the guy that left. No, Star he's Trek. always going to be Wesley Crusher. Believe me. Yeah, he, he he was in some other stuff, but he is always always going to be Wesley Crusher. Mom always and he, pushed it into I want to see. From... I just want to see him using his cool powers and being intellectually savvy. Well, my, my, uh, whatever. My, my, yeah, my... I, there's no anybody who's listening. We have no evidence that this is going to be the case. This is just what we yeah, want. we we we. we so. This is what we want. My favorite Crusher moment was when Jordy was uh, marooned on that planet with a Romulan, and uh, uh-huh. Wesley figured it out in that Galorned and core. Yeah, that communication came through that laser. You see that mm-hmm. demon, and he's like Wesley Crusher. He just knew it. <laughs> like, he just knew it. And when Wesley saved his mom in that uh, that crazy ass episode, oh yeah, where, the static warp bubble. Oh, yeah, what a horrible thing. Yeah. Uh, when he's making out with uh, Ashley Judd, that pleased me. All right, uh, yeah, you know, Ashley thing. Judd, she was she's cute. She's still cute. All right, we gotta move on. Uh, I mean, on. we gotta move on. Yeah, uh, let's say Daredevil number eight, motherfucker. Daredevil number eight, yes. Lead, uh, in, yeah, Daredevil number eight. Tell us about the cover real quick. Okay, so uh, I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. Gotta love being a turtle. No, um, it you we get that cover where it insinuates what the fuck is about to happen in the goddamn comic book. Like uh, after Gwen Stacy died, the next issue, like the final fate of the Green Goblin, and. And, oh, dude! And, and and you see that on the newsstand, and you're like, "Holy shit! The Green Goblin might die in this issue." And what the fuck happens? The Green Goblin fucking dies. 
and and, and you get that payoff. You, you you get that you get that little bit like that like you'll get like I'm thinking about like Fatal Attractions, uh, X Men number twenty five, and you see Wolverine mm-hmm. on the ground and Magneto's over him, and there's something happening. You know what they'll you don't know what's about to happen but when it happens. Uh, it's gonna it's it's gonna fuck with you. And now this wasn't an adamantium getting pulled out of Wolverine's body that you never thought would happen. Sorry. Uh, Daredevil yeah. goes into his uh, favorite bookstore to get some audio tapes and starts um, kind of legit flirting with the girl there, and she calls him out on being the uh, uh, creepy uh, book guy that shows up thinking that he can score with the girl that's just trying to like. Uh, make him buy some books but uh no he just he was kind of like that but she invites him to dinner because he smells the the food upstairs and it looked like a uh, what's that thing English people make for uh Christmas the English ham. people make um bread pudding no no it's like that it's the ham and then the, and then oh the, corned the, beef or something no what the hell I saw Gordon Ramsay it looked like <laughs> one of those things Anyway, um, uh, realize... Uh, Texas toast on a Chinese buffet. Shit on a single. That's a... Shit on a shingle. That's a... Shit on a shingle. That's a... Shit on a shingle is a military thing. It's a thin slice of turkey that should be in a sandwich covered in gravy over a wet piece of toast. <laughs> yeah. That is a shit on a shingle. And I know y'all know what I'm talking about when you hear it. But, uh, yeah, he gets invited to that dinner, and what, it, what was your takeaways right away? What, at the dinner? I mean, when he realizes that he's sitting with the head of the... A crime family. A crime family. I didn't realize that was the case, and they even alluded to it in the previous issue. I mean, they had her... They had... Okay, so, yeah, Dare, uh, Matt Murdock, it's, he's currently not Daredevil. He's a parole officer, and that is story progression, guys. That is character progression, that is taking a bold new direction. Bold You've got a new superhero comic about a character who has superpowers who's not doing anything super because Daredevil is supposed to be dead. And so Wilson Fisk is the mayor. He's the kingpin. He's the mayor of New York, and he has just told in the previous issue uh, all of these big-time mobsters that work for him. We're done. I'm out. I'm <laughs> legit. You guys keep the crime under control, we look the other way. I mean, he's still in that way, but he's not in. And uh, the owl is pissed about it. But she's, this this woman that runs this crime family is just like, yeah, you know, let him do it. That's fine, you know. And uh, I mean, I want to see where it's going to go. I hope a giant gang war takes place. I, You know, something without a lot of horrible casualties. But um, that was a yeah, Dick, I mean, that was a Dick Cheney reference. Kingpin is with uh, one of the high representatives yeah. of New York, and mm-hmm. that was a total Dick Cheney reference. Like this guy can get shot in the face at any fucking moment, and he's like, "Man, I was really nervous about this. Like, you know, I've got my guys out there with snipers." He's, "Yeah, I know. My dudes are behind your guys, and uh, let's do the land grab for the the marijuana grow." Mm-hmm. And so, so you know that he's gone legit, but like they said at the end. And we'll get to that. But uh, Daredevil goes upstairs. He shows up at the correct time. And he's having dinner with the Libra's crime family. 
in the crime family. Yeah, the Libras. It's obvious. I mean, since yeah. she's a bookstore owner, that they didn't yeah. have her be have to be the Libras. But um, yeah, the elder stateswoman, the executrix of the family, uh, is uh, the leader of this this mob family, and then. Her sons are definitely involved, and uh, her old mother is there who, you know, the lady goes off on this whole tale about Cement shoes. how she developed it after, and then took her mom's place, and her mom is totally a wreck in this age, but she ran, the, she was a numbers runner and stuff like that. Nobody took her seriously, and, you know, Matt eventually is about to get his ass attacked by one of these guys but then some snipers shoot the place up and uh the old lady breaks a hip and that was the one of the boy one of the son yeah oh yeah one of the sons takes a bullet wound just around like what is it through the by the collarbone or through the neck or something like that it went clean through and the, the thing about this conversation when he she asked him do you know who we are and he mm-hmm. flat out says it. Oh, he the pulled, tension he, was awesome. Oh, he pulls his dick out and throws it on the on the table, but not. He he pulls an unloaded dick out. Like I like here's my dick, but I'm not here to flash it around or threaten you. And they have that conversation. This is collegiate level comic book writing. Their dis- this is pretty impressive. Stuff, their yeah. discourse when they go back and forth about what is right and wrong froze me in my fucking tracks. When he's like, yeah, no, you guys get caught, and you know you're guilty, and you want to get out of it. And she's like, yeah. And then, you know, you, you hear the shithead son just ranting, like, you know, you rich people fucking uh, have the the um, uh, the proles build the place up, and you come in and buy it and make it to a place where we can't live here no more. The crime mm-hmm. is what keeps the, uh, the, the income level where people can fucking live here. Yeah, there's crime here. But just don't Dude, go where yeah. you're not supposed to go. And Any then, millennial that is hot about socialism or hot about oh, Bernie yeah. Sanders or hating on the haves versus the have-nots or you see that a lot in the ghetto, ghetto, or whatever the hell you want right now, this is the book for you. These guys... Yeah. This conversation, you can take this and you can sound like a badass at the bar when you're buying your PBR the next time. Yeah, exactly. They, or, they or just spelled beer. it out. Chip Zdarsky just spelled it out for you. Completely. You, know, you want to sound out. like a civically minded little prick? This is where you go to figure out how to how to take something with you and, and you know Daredevil impress that girl himself. in her yoga pants. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, impress. But but the opposite of impress, he exposed himself. The first thing he did was grab that kid. If you look at that splash page, oh yeah, the, he used his powers. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he used his powers, exposed himself, grabs the kid, the the one guy who was wanting to beat his ass the whole time. Uh, but the but the mom, and then that was the extra layer of cake on this thing was they're respectful like, to their mother. So fucking respectful, and the whole time I'm seeing this this. The, the guns go off and, like, don't move. We don't know if he's gone or not. Like, the whole time, I didn't give a shit about any of that. I worried about that mother breaking her hip because that's the only thing oh, anyone really? in that room was worried about was that that could kill her. That could kill her. And that respect. And, and then, like, the parallel between their conversation 
where they're actually, like, pulling it out, you know, when she's talking about, you know, organizing the, uh, the, the gambling room and being heels and, mm-hmm. and what she did in the, in the explanation that concrete, concrete shoes is a myth maybe one guy or two it takes forever oh right yeah and and yeah that's not a thing but it was kind of a thing with her and the she started the war against the irish which is an actual thing if you guys don't know any of your fucking history uh between the italians uh back in the 30s and but the thing was we were all worried about that mother breaking her up and at the same time though (laughs) the, the discourse the 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 full on discourse between the mother you're like yeah you you're you should leave you feel you should leave but you your your roles of respect are telling you you should stay and endanger yourself and as opposed to the discourse from the four pages from the uh, kingpin it's just that. like yeah it's a poker game like are you gonna fold and you gotta show them your cards or whatever yeah or are they gonna or are they gonna read into it too much. What it all boils down to in the end with this guy getting shot and everything is that we learn a couple of things. There, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go soft in one direction. I didn't, ta- I didn't take from this that there's a setup for it. But um, <clears throat> I'm concerned. I'm thinking that there's a group of people running around the city doing things as Daredevil like yeah, we- at the beginning of uh, The Dark Knight. We've got there a monkey. We've got a monkey wrench. We've got a monkey wrench, and and these two people that are these two sets of people that are running strong backbone parallels up and down, but there's still that monkey wrench. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then this all sets up the whole business that uh, you know the girl at the that has the library or the uh, has the bookstore, Mindy. And her husband are probably in a dangerous relationship or it'll get dangerous to the point where Matt can get involved and he can get the girl. This is a long track attempt to hook Matt up with this girl in the end, which will be even weirder because I'm, you know, there's a kid in the picture. Yeah. But uh, I don't know that it's, I don't know that that's going to be a payoff. I wasn't seeing that at all, but I hope this, well, I mean, I hope this he was, lasts a year. Oh yeah, this could go on a while. And this is this is uh, this is the f- I, I, this is the kind of thing that is set up to be the full run of this creative team. Because um, but we're, yeah, we're not going to see Daredevil for a while because you saw the the last page was him and his black uh, cow from the movie, which was a nice mm-hmm. throwback. Oh, the TV series? Yeah, from the TV series. They, they like that's him in the rain. <clears throat> yeah, and and. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. Well, let me rephrase that. I wish they had put that he had had the uh, the uh, the sticks of y- Yggdrasil. That uh, oh Yggdrasil, yeah, right. What happened in uh, War of the Realms recently? Yeah, like uh, if is he gonna actually? He saw everything. These? Yeah, and Daredevil had uh, Heimdall's sword. And if you've watched, you know, Idris Elba in any of the Thor movies, or if you even read Thor, you know what Heimdall does, and Heimdall can see everything in the universe. And so Daredevil became the new Heimdall for a minute during this recent War of the Realms storyline. And so the blind guy could see everything, it was obvious. But 
in the end, he was like, no, I got to give the sword back to Heimdall. Heimdall has to be Heimdall, and I need to go back, and I need to be Daredevil, and that's what I see now. They didn't reference so, that, which I just wanted a little bit of that, just to connect that big-ass story. Yeah, I don't. I think it'll be a little while before we get into that. Unfortunately, it's one of those event books that's going to press the creative flow of what's going on here, which is, like, legitimately... You got all these crazy things happening in, in the Marvel Universe, and usually Daredevil is a little bit insulated from it. And things get to happen in Daredevil when they're ready for them to happen. But, uh, yeah, give, let's, uh, let's get into spidery stuff. I'd, I'd give you, well, before we do that, I want to give this one an 8 out of mm. 10 if we're comparing it to, like, Soprano shit. Like, this... Uh, That's pretty like, tough, yeah. Like, in, in my mind, that, <clears throat> that dinner scene should have been in Goodfellas. If they'd have had someone like him to write this... Mm. It to, that was like, feature film quality stuff, yeah. Yeah, like like if they could have had the conversation when they're in jail making their uh, their uh, Italian food and slicing the the garlic, <laughs> if they could have had a conversation. You get a slice like of garlic this. with a razor blade, so it just melts. Right, right against the knuckles, baby. Right against the knuckles. If they would have yeah. had a conversation like this, um, it would have blown the like that would have been one of the bigger scenes in the movie. But I, I digress. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Spidey. Uh, yeah. Far from home. Which spider you want to talk about? Far from home. Far from home. Let's get very care. Oh man, I don't want to go off on a whole long thing about that since we just spent so much time on a trailer. But um, okay, so I saw Spider Man. I saw Far from Home on Thursday, and you haven't seen it yet, right? No, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna sneak off after work and uh, <clears throat> pretend I have to do it. Okay. And go see Everybody, it. you've had plenty of time to see this. So if you if you don't want to hear about Spider-Man: Fire from Home right now because of spoilers, you're gonna have to jump ahead. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the time marker is gonna be for that yet. So we're gonna start talking about that now at uh, one hour and eighteen ish minutes. And uh, you know, we'll I'll try to I'll try to limit this to a ten minute com complaint. So it's not a complaint. I, overall, unfortunately, I kind of enjoyed the movie, but it was stupid. They haven't learned anything from the mistakes they made with Spider-Man: Homecoming. Peter Parker just creates all of his own problems, and he barely holds himself accountable. Um, he is still a millennial. Uh, the only, at least it makes fun of itself in that Flash Thompson in, in this movie is like, I don't know what, periscoping his entire life on their, their journey. He's still a dick to Peter, but they did great things with him having him be like, oh, Spider-Man could take that guy out. Spider-Man could whatever. I like Spider-Man. He inspires me. He makes me want to feel like a better, makes me, make me be a better person. Oh, hey, what's up, Peter Parker? or Penis Parker, or whatever, you know, it's just like, he'll he'll go from that to dissing Peter in the same breath. And it's a little, it's not that it's forced, it's just it's constantly thrown out there. So that was a little tough. The, the, the real thing, the real takeaways from this movie are, right at the beginning, you've got Betty Brant, who is a way bigger character in this movie than in the last one. Do you remember how Betty was uh, doing the morning announcements on the in-school video system? I didn't realize that was Betty. The only time I remember yeah. Betty was uh, Elizabeth Banks doing it and uh, Sam Raimi. And Elizabeth Banks was awesome in those Sam Raimi movies. Uh, no, okay. Betty and some unnamed goofball character who was pretty funny in this one, um, they start the story talking about the blip. So, like... The entire Thanos snap 
that wiped everybody out, and then the Iron Man snap that brought everybody back in in Iron Man or in uh, Avengers Endgame. Um, that is what these kids are calling the blip, and uh, apparently a lot of other people too. Well, so like a like a moment between one space and another, and there's like X amount of time missing, and all of a sudden things are different. Five years same, missing. But- yeah. Things are the same. Like, okay, so one of the things they referenced immediately was that you have people who were, like, a freshman or they were in junior high, and then five years happened and everybody comes back that disappeared. So it's like Peter's – almost all of Peter's entire high school class would have disappeared and then come back and – and uh, there they are. Like, here's other people who didn't disappear, and they lived in a world without all of those people and aged five years. So they wow. had a kid who was in junior high that was in their class who they all knew for some reason. It doesn't make any sense unless they were from the, this kid was from the neighborhood. And they were like, oh, this kid's all older, and he's kind of hot now or whatever, and he's got a thing for MJ. And... um. And he's a recurring, like, pain-in-the-butt character throughout the story, specifically to Peter, but to no one else because he's actually a really cool guy. Right. Uh, in the end, I don't. I feel like he was real. I feel like he got a raw deal. you got to see the movie to appreciate the fact that I'm saying that guy got a raw deal because in the end, they also just kind of blow him off in favor. Like, we're not even talking about Mysterio. We're not even talking about superheroing. We're not even talking about Nick Fury or any of this other shit. There are all of these other things that it's like, guys... Your subplots are more relevant than anything else that's going on in this movie. Uh, Mysterio, uh, portrayed by Jake Gyllenhaal. Is is this an is this an introduction uh, introducing the Ultimate Universe into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No, no. Good question. No, I pray God. Why the why? Why can't we have Miles Morales having had been a little kid who survived the Thanos snap and then start with Miles Morales in this? We could we like Spider Verse is so fucking hot right now that we just had a world class cartoon Miles Morales movie Spider Verse. They should be making the next one Spider Verse with the it's, Sinister it's Six. My, it's like it's my favorite except Spider-Man movie. What Spider Verse? I hear that from everybody. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's my it's my favorite one, man. Uh, I I, I get, okay. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I'm not telling you about this that is totally gonna like tickle you, fancy, I guess. But like, Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm not a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal anymore. After I mean, I just watched an entire thing about Donnie Darko. It's so strange He's, to think about how fascinating I thought he was until I met him. And he's the guy that didn't like looking people at him or being taller than him, right? Uh, He didn't like a lot of things about a lot of stuff. He was, and then, and then when everybody was, when all these people weren't supposed to be watching him, then you could see him clearly on the monitor being a douchebag and in a a goofball. And it's like, oh, it's the me show. Uh, Anyway, it's, yeah, I don't, yeah, I got my beef with Jake Gyllenhaal, but he played a kick-ass Mysterio Mysterio as good guy, obviously Mysterio as bad guy, because Mysterio's not a good guy, never, period. Never. 
And then the whole multiverse thing, oh man, that would have been amazing. If Mysterio had come from a multi from a multiverse, another reality instead of what they did with it, that would have been amazing. Like why would we only have superheroes from our reality? He could have been the good guy in the other reality and then forced to become a bad guy in our reality, but it would have robbed Mysterio from the opportunity to be Mysterio, the master of special effects, the master of forethought. And in the end, I gotta say, Mysterio got the last laugh. You've gotta stay through the mid credit sequence, and you gotta, you, but you don't have to stay to the last, the, the post-credit sequence. Is he still I quitting hated back? it. Yeah, he's totally quitting back. Yeah. I was hoping that they Which, were by the way, going to introduce if, multiverse. I was really hoping they were because uh, it would be great for them to have introduced it here because the next Doctor Strange movie is like Multiverse Mayhem or something. I can't remember the name of the. Yeah. The uh, title. And then uh, yeah. the the next Thor movie, I just pray they introduce Beta Ray Bill, and then they've got uh, the Crimson Dynamo showing up in uh, 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 Black Widow, um, Blade. Holy shit. Dude, I can't, please. I can't, Let's have a Blade relaunch. I can't wait for a Blade relaunch. And people don't know that, like, yeah, no, the first Marvel Universe movie was not Iron Man. It was the fucking It was Blade. Blade. It was Blade. You've got a lot to thank Wesley Snipes for, people. Like, Legitimately, I want Wesley Snipes to play Blade. I want I that want to be Wesley Blade Snipes 4. Dude, Five, if six, that was seven, Blade 4 and we went back and said, yeah, all of that actually happened. He can still Deacon get Frost. Oh, dude, all of it. Like, and, like, it's one of the best movie scenes of all time, that bloodbath thing. Uh, By the the way, that song, that song that they're playing during the bloodbath thing is called Confusion. It's a really acid house remix of a New Order song called Confusion. And Uh it sounds nothing like the original, and I I don't even know why they would even still call it like that. But that, that bloodbath scene, and, like, that changed my fucking life. Like, Acid House. That was the first time I got my, my taste of Acid House, man. That was fucking rad. And, dude, and yeah. the dude that they picked, he's little. And he, like, showed up and said, I want to play Blade. And they're like, okay. And then the, the, the logo they have for Blade is fucking stupid. It has no toughness to it. Uh, oh, wait. Are you saying, okay, yeah, so it's not, it's totally not Wesley Snipes. It's not Wesley Snipes. It's, it, I, I can't remember what this guy was in. Uh, Is it Sticky Fingers? Uh, it's, it's Look at Me. I, I'm the captain now. No. <laughs> uh, oh, God. <laughs> no. Captain Phillips. Yeah. Um, all right. What do we got next? And anyway, yeah. Uh, I gotta say, Spider-Man Far From Home, totally worth watching. Um, accountability, zero again. And... Uh, um, God, no, dude. Honestly, there's a lot of it. It's not Spider-Man. I'm sorry, guys. This is not Spider-Man. They do the... Spider-Man never gives up. Spider-Man never decides to walk away because of a girl. Spider-Man never puts his own feelings first. This is... If you're you're into Spider-Man at all, this movie will only piss you off. But it's worth watching. Yeah. This is gonna be me not reading Spider-Man for ten years. Like, me convincing (laughs) you... If he does that, oh shit, man! No, Spider-Man so let's talk about uh, let's well, talk about real Spider-Man. Before we do that, the one thing about real Spider-Man is he said it like eight years ago: no one else dies. 
Who, Peter Parker said that in the comics? Yep. Um, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe six. No one else dies after uh, J. Jonah Jameson's uh, wife dies. That, that, that sucked. Um, but if he gives up... Oh, okay, then let's, then let's do that. Let's segue from that into Superior Spider-Man number nine. Perfect. Perfect. The, the slave to the... Oh, who, who, do, who we got creators-wise on this one? Uh, let me pull that up real quick. I'm clicking through stuff, everybody, to figure everything out. The San Francisco Spider-Man. Uh, Superior key- Spider-Man, Christos Gage, Mike Hawthorne as the penciler, and uh, Wade Von Grobiger, the inker, with uh, Jordan Belair as the colorist, and VCs Clayton Cowles, Love the guy. letterer. Yeah, those guys, I really like their lettering. No joke. We wouldn't diss anybody. We're No, no, we, we know letters. Letters are fucking some bitch. Rolls a three, baby. Dude. Y'all do... I mean, this honestly looks... I don't know. It could be completely computer generated. Anyway, but like, he's, um, he's, I mean, they're referencing the War of the Realms right at the beginning, right? And and they're saying, you know, the mayor is giving them the key to the city. No one died. <laughs> no one died there. Yeah, that was awesome. No one died there, but people died in other places, and it's really, really messing with him. Yeah, he's really upset about it, and he's being cagey to. Old girlfriends, new possible girlfriends about it. Knows who he is. He's, yeah, they all know who he is. And, of course, I, that's a big theme going on right now because in the newest Spider-Man book that came out this, uh, this, this today, Wednesday, uh, and I'm not going into that right now, uh, Boomerang, an old Spidey villain, another guy who's like, I'm going straight. So, I mean... That's funny, man. Like, because uh, yeah. they brought back Speedball and uh, Dead Man Logan last week. Like, they're bringing back some weird people. Like, I'm surprised they haven't brought the spot back again. Please don't. Not the spot. Anyway, at a certain point, we've got actual... Well, we've got Spidey up on the roof with Superior Spidey, and they're talking to one another, and, you know, Superior is super pissed about it. Superior is Dr. Otto Octavius, for anybody who hasn't been reading it. He is the... He is Dr. Octopus. So you know that in like 2012, Dr. Octopus took over Peter's body and assumed his identity for a long time until Peter managed to regain control. That was an awesome and, story. One of the best body stories of all time. Yeah, I hated it while it was happening, and I totally... I, I think I lost a friendship over it, honestly. Uh, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's probably other reasons. But anyway, that's a whole other story. And um, what what gets me is that he was the superior Spider-Man. But then he realized, no, Peter is the superior Spider-Man. But he's going to try to prove that he's the superior Spider-Man. So he moves to San Francisco. He keeps doing awesome science stuff. He keeps trying to be with people who inspire him. And in the end, he's like, I'm supposed to be awesome. I Nobody in San Francisco died. But people died in this town. People died in that town because of this whole War of the Realm. All these Asgardians that just, like, came in and crushed the place. And Frost Giants or whatever. The Midgard Serpent. Right. So, like, 13 people died over here. I should have been able to do it. And it's like, you can't be everywhere at once. Nobody can be everywhere at once. Nobody can do something everywhere at once. Just freaking relax. 
I am the finest mind on earth. I should have thought of something. It's just amazing to see somebody having PTSD, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, because in the he, end, that's really down, what it when is. When he broke down and showed himself to his new girl, and she's like, yeah, I was kind of pissed when you told me you're Otto Octavius, and now we're doing this, and Spidey just calms him down. But it wasn't, it wasn't Spidey. It was a chameleon, right? It was... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember now. Was it the chameleon or was it? It was, uh, yeah, it was a. <laughs> the dude is all made out of spiders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With uh, yeah, exactly. Like so, spider, spiders, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. So you know, we'll see what's gonna go on with that in the in the near future. It was just, it was a really poignant moment. And it's like, that's what a comic, this is, like, you think about what we were talking about with Daredevil, and how that was like, and this is, this is how you write. This is how you write a comic book. Somebody is dealing with something, it doesn't have to have a lot of action, it doesn't have to have a whole lot of stuff, it's just this, we're going to cover this point here, and then we're going to progress on to the next thing, you know? It is, it is an episode, except that it's an issue. So that was the best one of, of Superior Spider-Man I've read uh, in a while, like uh, better, better than when they first started it out. When they have that emotional breakdown, that's when I really got my claws. <laughs> or well, actually, let me phrase that. Uh, vice versa, that Superior Spider-Man got his claws into me. Um, yeah, Spider-Man two thousands. Yeah, Spider-Man Life Story number five, the 2000, Chips Darsky, Mark Bagley. Actually, Mark Bagley crushing it. Like, the age depicted on these characters is really coming through. And uh, it's not like I feel every little thing that they're dealing with because I know they're older and they can't be super like they are, but it was pretty something, pretty well, pretty good. Is this the last uh, Inker, one? John Dell. Sorry. No, no, they're going into the 2010s at least. Sorry. Color artist Frank DeMarta and VC's Travis Lamb as the uh, letterer. Um, immediately, when I think of the 2000s and Spider-Man, the Moreland storyline is not what I think of. I think of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, number 36. The black covered issue immediately after September 11th. Right. But I, you know, I mean, at the same time, I wonder about these things in this storyline where you had a nuclear war between the Soviets and the United States. Why would September 11th happen? I mean, there are much bigger things to, yeah. to deal with. But, okay, guys, I mean, we do have a scene where that happens. So when I think of, I, I guess this is the second thing, you know. It's the thing that's going on in there. So Moreland. Uh, there was a character during the J. Michael Straczynski run that was uh, Ezekiel. And he told Peter Parker, look, you're a, to you're a superhero whose powers are totemic. Like, they're a totem of animal power. And have you ever noticed why all of your villains have animal themes? Dr. Octopus, the scorpion. Uh, Vulture, rhino. The rhino, you know, what else? you got all these other guys, of course, but because they want 
you know, because you're animal themed, they're animal themed, they want to be as powerful. They want to take on the mantle of the power of that animal in an effort to utilize it against you. Well, there's a character that's going to come. He's an energy vampire. He's going to come for you, and his name is Morland. Now, I never really understood exactly what was going on there. I remember reading... Spider-Verse. The collected... Huh? Spider-Verse. Morland. Is it a Spider-Verse? Okay, yeah. He's going through the Spider-Verse. But, like... I remember reading this in hardback uh, in a collection at IHOP in Norman right after it had all come out. And it was just so damn good. So I, I, said, I would suggest if you read this and you don't really understand what's going on with it, J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr.'s run from, yeah, 2006, it is really something else. It's really good shit. Go back and check that out. Well, how does this have so, any impression? Huh? Well, how does this issue have any impression? Why does it have impression? Because Moreland shows up to get Spider-Man... But he gets Ben Parker, the clone of Spider-Man. So if you remember the last issue, Peter gave up being Spider-Man and gave up being Peter Parker and let Ben Riley, sorry, not Ben Parker, Ben Riley assume that identity. He got to have it all. He got to have the business. He got to have the intellect. He got to have the superhero dumb. He got to have all of it. And Peter and Mary Jane and their two kids move to Oregon and put up a cabin and that's the whole thing. Peter can't be Spider-Man when he's not completely aware of all the need that there is for him in the world. And so he did what he needed to do for his family. And honestly, this got me on an emotional level because that is a theme in the book that I'm writing right now. This guy can... My character doesn't have the benefit of having... Jesus. Oh, man. I got a problem. <laughs> I just realized how awfully paralleled this really is. Um, oh, that's screwed up. So, okay. Peter can't... Peter doesn't have to be involved in the world while Ben Riley is out there taking care of it. And <clears throat> unfortunately, not only does Moreland show up and kill Spider-Man and take his power, he realizes this isn't the real Spider-Man. So he knows he's going to go find them. Simultaneously, the superhero Civil War is happening. And so there's, Cap there's Team Cap and there's Team Iron Man. Right. And Iron Man has consistently been coming after Ben Riley, saying, you need to join a side, you need to join a side. Uh, but he doesn't know that he's Spider-Man, but he realizes it. He's wearing, you know, the glasses, and that's got part of his costume, or part of the Iron Man armor, and he's able to discern, oh, okay, so Peter has always been Spider-Man. So as soon as Ben Riley is killed, Peter flies to New York and he reassumes his old identity as head of or CEO of Parker Industries. And um, awesome. And uh, then Iron Man immediately, Tony Stark immediately shows up and he's like, hey, I am uh, able to detect the fact that you are 
a perfect specimen of a human. What's the deal? You're Spider-Man, aren't you? We all thought that Spider-Man died and that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, and now you're saying you're not. You are Spider-Man. And so the Avengers show up, and it turns into an all-out brawl in the streets of of New York, while simultaneously Moreland appears at the Parker home in Oregon, and his daughter wants to fight. She wants to be involved with the world, but his son understands it, and they depict this very, very well by giving the son red MJ hair and the daughter dark Peter hair, and um, she is savvy enough to realize that when she's about to get killed by, uh, or her energy sucked out of her by Moreland, because he's an energy vampire, that she can injure him. Well, the son figures this out, and he goes so far as to let himself be brought to the verge of death so that the daughter can attack. Nice. And uh, it's a pretty good, like, is it a trade-off? Is it a ploy? No, we don't... This this action is going on without Peter's knowledge of it because he's dealing with the superhero civil war in New York City. He gets rescued by Team Cap. Right. And then he escapes only to get into a place where he has his own hall of spider armor, which is freaking rad. So he puts on the spider armor and he gets out there and he turns the tide of battle and uh, ultimately ends up like, you guys have to stop the superhero civil war now because... You're killing each other. This is just idiotic. And then uh, trying to get to that last guess because I'm way more excited about the whole business of what happened with the kids, honestly. Sounds like it was the best part. Cap- I mean, that was kind of it. The cap, the, 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 you know, the kids dealing with all that stuff was amazing. But uh, in the end, I'm pretty sure that the son got killed. And uh, they stopped Moreland. So that's going to have an effect on Peter and Mary Jane. It's going to have an effect on, on the girl who hopefully will go on to become Spider-Woman or whatever. Which, uh, it drives me crazy because in the, in the early 2000s there was some really great Spider-Girl comics. And uh, it's just it's not, a, not a continuity they decided to incorporate into the probable futures. So the next issue is Spider-Man in the 2010s. I can't even imagine what they're going to go through with that because spider spidey will be like peter will just be too old to affect anything but uh that's a good way to put yeah. it yeah is that the last one i don't know huh is that gonna be the, the 2010s one? i think that'll have to be the last one in this because it'll be a six issue i mean that's just a nice rounded way to finish it up right. unless they have old man parker or something silly like that yeah, like, Old Man Cool has been shit. I read, like, two issues of it, and it was terrible. There, I mean, there's no business... They have no business creating a book built around him like that. It's just... They're trying too hard. Old Man Hawkeye makes sense. Old Man Cap. I mean, whatever. That all works. But, like... Peter Quill is only popular because there was a... Holy shit, like, I still can't believe we have a Guardians of the Galaxy movie and that it was as good as it was. But they're they're really forcing the issue with that now, anyways. So, yeah. 
Let's jump away from Marvel. Yeah. What else? What, 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 Dude, what did you read? I don't have hardly anything of the Marvelous uh, this week. Uh, give us a quick abridged version of Silver Surfer Black 2. Dude, I mean, Silver Surfer Black is all about the art. I mean, I I haven't seen incredible psychedelia dynamic. in comics so fucking dynamic. like this since... It's been years. Credits. It's been it's been Jim Steranko. Oh, that's how long ago oh, it is. Oh, oh, that's nice. I mean, God, it just it's these colors. It's the washes. It's it's <clears throat> it's the intricacies. The little details are all over. I mean, this is. I mean, it's not Chris Piccolo, but it's yeah, it's really close. I mean, I want to know how big. The area was that uh, he had to work with. Actually, let me get the credits. Let me go back to the go credits. To the credits. While you're doing that, like, there's only so far you go with Silver Surfer. It's like Moon Knight. You can only go six issues before someone else sullies it. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to go that far with it because Silver Surfer is not a household name. It could be. Oh, he is. He is. I mean, like, everyone knows who the Silver Surfer is, but he's not, like... People can't say his name's Norrin Rad or where he came oh, from. Oh, well, there's that. You know. uh, I'm, I'm just saying that there's only so far you can go with Silver Surfer, and I'm saying it's going to be like one of those six issue things. Uh, yeah, the artwork. It's five. The art, five. This is issue two of five. Yeah, the, the artwork mm-hmm. was dynamic as a motherfucker. Like, everything Let's do changed. that. Everything changed. Uh, give us credits. Yeah, it's Donny Cates is writing this. Uh, it's Well, it's Donny Cates. And Trad Moore. Trad. T-R-A-D-D Moore. Uh, it says Donny Cates and Trad Moore, story and script, and then story and art. And uh, Dave Stewart did the colors, and VCs Clayton Cowles lettered it. I, seriously, if you, even if you don't care about Civil Surfer, Surfer, go to the store, pick up a copy of this, and flip through it. It's just lush. The, fo- the flora... The fauna, the backgrounds, some of the backgrounds are a little bit like, you know, non-existent in favor of the foregrounds. And then some of it, it's just like, oh, my God, look at the amount of work that dude, went into this. Dude, Trad Moore has done some seriously kick-ass shit. He did uh, Luther Strode. Uh, mm-hmm. He's done some curse words. Uh, but holy shit, man, like, Luther Strode was amazing. It was like kick ass on steroids um but his work on curse words like he's so dynamic it's it's just i feel like he changed his style in this because i've seen him do more detailed things but Mm -hmm. this one is like it's like he just went heavy on like a a real thick bristol board that just soaked up all the ink of a real thick ass thin pointed uh ink pen like he just so went badass. crazy on it, and just had some fun with it. Like it, like you can see, if if you've seen anyone ever do a painting, the fun that this guy had in it, and it really translates. Oh yeah, uh, okay. there is no detail lost here. But it still is still still kind of simplistic. Which I'm not saying it's simple. I'm saying it's simplistic. It, it, the the lines are hard, but there's no detail lost. He's perfectly right. Um, Every page has something fascinating on it to to stare at. Right, so and we're dealing with Noel, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, the last page! Holy crap! 
Ego the Living Planet. If you guys liked Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you get an appearance by Ego the Living Planet here. Yeah, it's Null. Null is still... Null, the uh, symbiont god from Venom fame, is uh, trying to capture the Silver Surfer, and uh, he's poisoned by a symbiont right now. Um, Which is a good thing, because a lot of people don't know that Silver Surfer is actually one that fixed uh, Secret War. He, he, he took right. the, because uh, a lot of people didn't realize it because they weren't re reading Dan Slott's Silver Surfer that Dr. Doom, using the power of Celestials, uh, put, like, the Doom mask on Infinity, which solidified his hold on Infinity, which, uh, if you're not knowledgeable of this, is the uh, embodiment of the entire universe, including uh, the multiverses of the Marvel Universe. That's why Doom had so much control during Secret War. Mm. And okay. Silver Surfer is the one that fixed it. And if we're about to launch into absolute carnage, where Noel has control over symbiotes and Cletus Cassidy is resurrected, we're going to have some trouble here, especially if, he, if, if he's controlling a Silver Surfer infected with a symbiote, because he can control and hear the thoughts and everything, all, all the... Uh, the embodiments of the symbiotes who, who they're parasiting and that's what scares me about this because it's, it sounds like it's going to be juicy man dude yeah I'm really enjoying this I, the first issue was like I don't know what the hell's going on but it's cool and then this one put some perspective on the story and blew your mind with artwork just seriously pick it up and flip through it if you can find this uh, at your store. I imagine this is one of those low print ones that are going to be like, if you didn't get it when it came out, you're fucked. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. It'll come out in trade. But, uh, I mean, this is like the kind of shit that's, I mean, this artwork is like 70s, early 80s, poster quality stuff. Just get high and sit down and look at this stuff. Like the early 90s or whatever. Look, this is this crazy shit my dad had or my uncle or something. <laughs> he gave it to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, let's get baked and look at that. Let's drop acid. I mean, this is some seriously psychedelic material. Oh, right. it's just too rad. All right, what do you got, man? Venom. Oh, yeah, all right. I'm talking Venom number 16. Okay, so... Nice segue. <laughs> Venom... Um, Okay, so he had a knockdown drug out about a year ago with Null, or maybe like eight months. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. And defeats Null, and the Grendel dragon-esque symbiote, and a lot of people don't know this if they're not reading any of the offshoot random one-shots of Carnage that they've been building up for the past five months, that Carnage, Cletus Cassidy, is resurrected, and he's got a cult, and this has been building for a very long time. Uh, the, the book of uh, the dead that they're using. I mean, it's been like four years that they've been building this up. And Ca okay. Cassidy is resurrecting anything he can and infecting everyone he can with even... He's, he's gone legit. He's got even like... He's basically got a church of Scientologists that took over an entire city after they killed everyone inside of it. And Eddie Brock, after that battle with Null, um, the actual symbiote itself the venom venom symbiote has become brain dead uh the master from the 
uh, Fantastic Four Ultimate Universe is trying to replicate it, and the master. Yeah. Uh, Reed Richards, Reed the Reed Richards, the maker, the maker, maker. The maker. Uh-huh. yeah, the maker, and he understands that he's going to go and find Flash's grave and use what little bit of uh, symbiote is inside the corpse, and Venom. Do- oh, that's him, interesting. Venom doesn't let him ha- let it happen, but during the battle with Noel, um, he's granted a wish, but even then, uh, the symbiote becomes brain dead. He still has kind of the powers of the symbiote but the symbiote it, it's kind of like a residual voice in his head but it's also the voice of Flash in his head because he's got a little bit of Flash's symbiote and he finds out that his oh, dad got wow. remarried there's his some dad real got, possibilities there yeah his yeah. dad got remarried and had another kid and it turns out that the kid is actually his Eddie's son and oh alright like after uh, they're in San Francisco and they will maybe they're New York it's, it's kind of like back and forthy and um uh-huh. well Donny Cates writer who did Silver Surfer he'll be at um Iron Lion in a week I'll, I'm gonna get a few things signed uh he wrote this uh Juan Gideon artist Jesus Arbatov color artist VCs Clayton Coles letterer Josh, Joshua Kassara and Rain Barreto, cover artists. Um, he does the unthinkable. The kid gets sick. He still hears the residual voice, but it's not really the Venom symbiote. It's kind of the Flash thing, but it's still violent. And yeah. he can still... F- but now he can feel pain when he's fighting. It's it, it's it gives him strength, but it doesn't necessarily give him the super strength where... He can ignore things like it, it's 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 a it's an Achilles heel esque version of a Venom symbiote, and the kid gets sick and he has no money, and he goes to the Bugle and asks for his job back. Oh wow! All right. Now people that don't understand that, um, if you've seen um, Adi Shankar's version of uh, his Venom movie, uh, Truth and Journalism, which is the only true. Venom movie that's ever existed um it goes back to the McFarlane McFarlane era back in the late 80s um Brock can't be a journalist anymore because the Sin Eaters the Sin Eater approached him and confessed and it didn't turn out to be the Sin Eater it turned out to be like the chief of police and Spider-Man exposed it and Brock was humiliated and worked for rags and choir or that sort of thing and wanted to kill himself and then we get to the the original Venom story and goes to the new editor-in-chief of uh, the Bugle and he's like listen after War of the Realms there's all these missing kids I tell you what I know you need money find these fucking kids because all these families are fucking with me to uh, uh, find their kids and we need to turn some rocks over just don't kill anybody and then uh-huh. I might give you some money. Which was so just resonant to me because the fact that he's about to be a legit reporter again. Maybe. Yeah. And he hunts down, um, he follows his instincts the way Venom always does and finds um, a large cache of money and the disciples of Cletus Cassidy are defending it. And he's feeling pain like crazy. I mean, the, the artwork was just so visceral. 
I mean, like headbutting. I mean, like taking bullet sh- mm. shots. I mean, like, like, like the the drool off off his teeth were better than it's ever been. And it turns out that the ringleader of these guys that were had all these kids captive was, in fact, Emil Blonsky, the very man that had. Uh, oh, they uh, had confessed. The abomination. No, 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 not Emil Blonsky. Oh God, I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. Um, it's another E, but I'm a, I sound like an idiot right now. Uh, no, not. That's not that bad. No, no, <laughs> no. What's his, what the, what, what is it, what villain is he outside of the name? It is, God, I'm like, Emil Gregg. That was close. The guy that convinced, wow. uh, convinced uh, Brock back in the late 80s that he was a sin eater. It's the resurrected soul of him uh, sent specifically by Cassidy to find Venom and kidnap these kids because he wants mm-hmm. Venom to know that he's still he's back and that he's got more power than ever and an absolute carnage is about to happen and the the linchpin here is that Bro- Brock still has a semi brain dead symbiote but the his symbiote is not linked to Null and that's oh weird all right that's the linchpin there that's what's gonna bring this all to a head is that he still has some bit of a symbiote but he's not as uh powerful not nearly as powerful as he used to be and emil Gregg has is this the same kind of sorry no go ahead is it the same kind of craziness with the uh symbiote after the whole business that happened in Guardians of the Galaxy and the symbiote was repaired? Yes, yes, they they, they reference all of that. They reference all of that. Okay, like the, good. The, the, the planet of the symbiotes. I mean, like this has been in the works for a very long time. And that that makes me happy that that yeah, I love it when they pay attention to all of their It's been own years. I, I remember leaving work one day and you're reading uh one of the uh symbiote books and you're like, God, this is fucking great. And I'm like, read Spider Man, you're like, No. <laughs> and, and uh no, that that's that's gonna be the linchpin is that Brock has a symbiote that is not linked to Null and that he's about to have a symbiote that's gonna have the uh cosmic power of the Silver Surfer. And we're about to get into uh, absolute carnage who has the i mean this is like the mysticism they get into is worse than dormammu worse than the man i hope bird. something pa- i just all right venom is one thing carnage is completely another thing and carnage was fine in maximum carnage but at a certain point when you rip cletus cassidy in half in outer space i just don't see how you save any of Carnage, but I read all those books. It was pretty in detail. Like uh, the all right, all right, the, all right. The, the residuals of Shield found uh, the ripped, <laughs> ripped version of Cassidy orbiting the Earth. That the the symbiote was still doing its best to keep it alive because the Sentry ripped him in half, right? And um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's when they do like the Carnage USA, and like they did like a bunch of different things. Like it was like one six story Carnage story a year. Leading up to <laughs> leading up to this, and okay. I'm I'm telling you, man, this uh, brain dead symbiote inside Brock is gonna gonna be the ultimate redemption for Brock, because I would love to see that. I would fucking love to see that, especially since fuck- I would love to see him totally salvaged and never again a bad guy and stuff. I mean, that- I mean, better than anti venom, better than anti venom, or better than mm. Flash taking him into into space as 
as a the, the symbiote as a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that was all fun, I guess, but it's really it's, pushing it. It's you know? it's pretty pushing it, especially because like there's no different differentiation to me between the Venom symbiote and Brock, and now there's he's got his Achilles heel, he's got his boy, and the issue finishes off where he uh, Emil Gregg, he uh, you know. Venom pitches him off and shows up at the planet, beat the bloody hell, and I guess we can give you a job. No, how much is in your wallet right now? Because the, the only reason he did any of that was because he wanted to, he had no money to get his kid, like, some cough syrup and some fucking soup. And he initially goes into that, that den and encounters all those those assholes possessed by the the, the carnage demon. And the the place is full of drugs and money, and he takes none of it. Mm-hmm. He takes none of it. He would have been set for life, five lifetimes for the money that was in that room, and he didn't touch it because he remembered what it was like to be disgraced. And you, you don't know that unless you read it. He remembered what it was like to be disgraced. He the editor said, "Don't kill anyone." He didn't kill anyone. He also mm-hmm. didn't commit any crimes, but he finished the fucking jobs, and he also. Uh, got to finish off the guy that ruined him. The true guy that ruined him. Not Spidey. Greg. Uh-huh. And, and then, to be continued, Absolute Carnage. Hell yeah. Let's do this shit. <laughs> Absolute Carnage. Volume 2. <laughs> this was the ultimate carnage. I'm sorry. I wanted to talk about X-Men, but after all that Spidey talk, man, like... They killed a shitload of people off in the latest issues of Uncanny X-Men. Like, they destroyed the Sidorak crystal magic. Her, She's no longer in control of her body. The demon's out loose. Um, Age of X-Men Omega, number one, wrapped up that Age of X-Men bullshit that, like, was just so fucking lame. And, <laughs> and I'm just glad it's over, and we're about to go into Age of X, and we're going to get... Ex, uh, Xavier back wearing a Cerebro unit at all times and uh, hmm. you know Emma uh, they give you the, the, the quintessential like the X-Men trapped in the age of X-Man comes out of it after this really convoluted battle and it was hard to decide like what the hell was going on even if I'd seen the spoilers and read along uh, they all show up, and Gene shows up out of this mess, and first thing he does is kiss Scott, and, you know, it's one of those heartfelt moments that I did not give a shit about, because all I cared about was how fucking mad Emma was when she saw that. <laughs> she saw that, and I'm glad that's over. Uh, the run of Uncanny X-Men, uh, 1 through 22, for the past, like, um, I'm going to say, like, maybe not even a year. Maybe we got through 22 issues. I mean, they killed a lot of people. Dark Beast, um, Wolfsbane, uh, Banshee, uh, Resurrected Zombie Banshee. Havoc died? That sucked. Um, but let's get some fucking footing here. It was like, yeah, you guys go write this bullshit rip-off Age of Apocalypse slash Age of X-Men story, and then we're going to build some milk potatoes on the side here in the regular universe that... These ragtag group of uh, X Men 
I mean, like, Scott Summers is in the original um, 91 Jim Lee outfit, and he's missing an eye, but he's still got the whole visor, and he's wearing a leather jacket mm. that's got an eight ball on it. An eight ball? Yeah, an eight huh. An eight ball. Remember back in, the, remember back in like, 91, you bought some Pogs, there was eight balls and 69s, and... <laughs> sure. Yeah, it was just an eight ball. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. But I'm done. <laughs> 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 I'm done. Like, uh, I don't want to give credit to anyone on that one because uh, I'm just glad that it's wrapping up and we're getting in some meat and potatoes that all came out today. And hopefully, you guys get some good comics today. You got anything to finish us off here, buddy? Let me see here. I think I covered. Yeah, I covered everything. Holy moly! Yeah, I picked up some stuff. Uh, like I said, I got those scar- those issues of Scarlet, and I've got uh, um, event. What is it? Manifestation? Leviathan. The new Bendis Malie book. Leviathan. Levent Leviathan. Yeah, I'm, I've got that. I'm looking forward to checking that yeah, out. Yeah, we've, we've uh, done one through two already, buddy. you got to get caught up on three. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now, I, I got some, uh, no, I got some uh, Jughead Digests uh, the other day. I was, really? Dude, I was at Mile High the other day, and I'm looking in their like, case that got broken into, and all their good ones got stolen. I think they mm-hmm. retrieved them, but they haven't put them out yet. But, like, they had a fucking regular Spawn number 1 direct edition, $200. And, uh, and I'm like, no fucking way. That thing is $18 max. Like, 9 point, or 10.0. Like, there's no, $200 for a fucking Spawn number 1? I don't fucking think so. Like, the the toys they were selling, that, uh, that issue 98 of Spawn that, uh, my letter got printed in, they had it priced uh-huh, yeah. $68. Jeez, where? At at Muse? At Mile High, the, the, the big ass. Oh, one. Mile High, yeah, okay. The, like, no mm-hmm. bullshit. Bull fucking shit. I wouldn't pay more than $6 for that, even if I lost all my fucking copies of the one issue my letter was printed in. It, that's, uh, yeah, that's high. It's kind of shameful. I, I saw, I've seen a lot of stuff that... They were pricing all the Batman metal comics at like 40, 50 bucks. Bullshit. Man, I've seen some of the Jim Lee Batman stuff uh, priced a little high lately, and I'm kind of shocked about that. But then I think about it, I'm like, that's 20 years old or almost, and it's, uh, you know, if it's in good quality, it, well, I don't know. It could be totally worth it. Frank something. Miller, Batman, $200. No, thank you. What, the old stuff or the all-star Batman? No, 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 the old stuff. The, uh, you know, the one where he's old. What the fuck, why am I spacing on that? Yeah. And then uh, Killing Joke number one, 180. I don't think so. Mm. Like, oh, this one has the pink logo. Who gives a shit? Just read the fucking book. Oh, yeah, book. I don't need that stuff. Just read the fucking book. I mean, like... Get it in trade. Yeah, get it in the fucking hardbound for $18. Like, it's nicer and it's got the nice dust jackets. It's on coffee table or people will see like yeah i read it like books like that mean something when they're in your collection and they see it well that's all i got man you got anything left for this week no man i just gotta get up and go uh go work some more Mm. yeah i gotta i gotta get up and work some more too man um that's all i got tomorrow's thursday we're gonna have a good ass day tomorrow I did some good ice cream tonight, and uh, that's all I got, brother. 
All right, yeah, shout out, thank you to Rucker Hauer again for all of your good work, and uh, good luck in the, uh, good luck in the not being on this planet. Will it, would it be inappropriate <laughs> if I thank 709 for some Star Trek nipples? Never saw them. I swear to God I've seen some 709 nipples. Go for I'm it. I'm not thinking of Troy because she ain't blonde. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we love you. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. We'll see you later. Over and out. <laughs>